With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yo, this is your boy, G-Ski Rocks. And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women of the world. I know sometimes you have to make a hard decision. But I want you to think about this. my theme song it's still it's still sounding good after all these years it is I have to say that it is very true it almost sounds like you sang it yourself yep <laughs> that's a joke people <laughs> I can oh, sing that song. 
but we have got a lot to talk about today, as we normally do. You are not surprised anymore, if you are a regular listener to the True Life Fridays program, that in a given week, any given day, any given month, there is so much that touches on what we talk about here on True Life Fridays Radio that you need to know, perfectly need to know the pro-life perspective on things, and we're here to deliver it to you. That is the purpose of our program here, to talk about the things that other people aren't talking about but should, and talking about it in a way that people ought to but aren't, and you are going to hear what you need to hear to make a competent and articulate defense of the pro-life perspective. Isn't that right, Thomas? Why, yes, it is. Exactly. Well, bring us up to speed on how we normally start the show, and we can get this ball rolling downhill. Absolutely. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 19 says, I record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed might live. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Father God, we thank you for another opportunity to host True Life Fridays Radio here on True Radio Network and the Blog Blog Talk Radio Network. Father, we just pray that our message that goes forth, the commentary that is spoken today, Lord God, would just be enlightening to people to help them understand the important message of choosing life. So we, Lord, thank you in advance for the wisdom that you give us to be able to relay the message that needs to go forth. We say we love you and we bless you, and we thank you for forgiveness of our sins. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Well, um... Over the weekend, last weekend, it rained and it poured in St. Louis and up to 700 people. I I think by my estimate, it looked more like four to 500, but I heard from official counters that up to 700 people stood in the pouring rain to protest Planned Parenthood here in St. Louis and their corporate baby killing to body part harvesting business. And one baby was saved while I was standing there. Now, the big thing about this is not that it was raining, and and that that is usually a dampener on how many people would show up. But that official counters were saying up to 700 people were in and out throughout the entire period is astounding. And let me tell you how uh, my experience of this, which is really good. It was really hard to hear because um, it was raining, so people were kind of huddled together. The sound didn't travel. The rain was a dampener. Tons of umbrellas and people in the way. And people were lining the streets um, on both sides of the corner 
Now, the Planned Parenthood building was situated on a corner. People were on all along one side, all along the other side of the corner, across the street, and then across the street on the other side of this Planned Parenthood in the rain with their kids. I was one with my kids. And it was so crowded. There was hardly a room to stand on the sidewalk. The police were so nice and they complimented us on being the most peaceful and and orderly crowd ever, but they still had to tell us to to because people people were literally pouring out into the street. Of course you can't stand in the street, but there was really nowhere else to stand if you wanted to be anywhere close to the the uh, the Planned Parenthood property. Unless you crossed the street or you got went further down. That's how many people were out there. That to me that was amazing. I would love to see that many people out there every day or every Saturday. I know this was a, this was a planned event for specifically protesting Planned Parenthood's baby harvesting, baby organ harvesting uh, business, and it is a business. That's what they do, despite what they're going to say. It is a business. They're doing it for money. And uh, let me tell you, this is so, 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 so different than the kinds of things that we're going to talk about a little later on in the program. I wanted to highlight this because St. Louis was just one of 300 and what was the final count? 350, 355. The St. Louis. I'm not sure. To, what was that? I'm not sure. I said I'm not sure. Okay. I know that you said that there were over combined close to 50,000 protesters. Okay, the number of protesters, but in 350 plus, I'm going to say because I'm not exactly sure of the exact number, but over 350 actual protests in 350 locations across the United States. That is amazing to me. I think America has at least least opened one eye to the fact that Planned Parenthood, the biggest abortion business, in the country is making money off of dead babies. This isn't a service that they're doing for women. This isn't for women's health. Right. This is body part trafficking, which under different circumstances and under exactly these circumstances is many times breaking the law. And why is it breaking the law? Because our lawmakers, in their wisdom from many decades ago, have decided that human body parts are not sellable items. Because that's inhumane, and it's wrong. Not only that, Letitia, but human organs as well. And so... Let's point out something real quick. And the listening public needs to be educated. 
folks, one thing you have to understand about organ harvesting. You can't harvest an organ from a body that's dead. You want to know why? Because when the body is dead, the organs are dead. That means they stop functioning. Therefore, a non-functioning organ cannot be used, therefore is not viable. There is that word, viability. Mm-hmm. So there, what, what, when a person's organs are donated, what they don't tell the public is that that person is still alive when they harvest their organs. It's actually the they're declared clinically dead, legally and clinically dead. But they are not, they're not officially dead because if they were, their organs would not be viable. Why is that important, you say? Because Planned Parenthood, harvesting livers and hearts and lungs of little, quote, Aborted babies. Those babies were not dead, folks. And that's what you have to understand. Planned Parenthood, and I'm going to put this out here point blank. Planned Parenthood, under the guise of abortion, has been killing babies. Viable, out of the womb, babies that could survive at 20, 22, 24, end up weeks. So, yeah, and I don't care if there's a closet liberal hiding in the wings listening to this show because once you call in, our call in number is 760-542-3907, and I'll tell you to your face, Planned Parenthood is getting away with murder. You know, they um, they threw um, Kermit Gosnell in in prison for what he did, but what Planned Parenthood is doing is 3,000 times worse than what Kermit Gosnell did, and he was a monster. So let me tell you something, Planned Parenthood, and any supporters who might be listening to this show, you are a butcher, and those who support Planned Parenthood and these actions, you're butchers as well. And that's all I got to say, Letitia. Well, that's plenty. That is, and and that is true for the purposes that uh, that we talked about last week, where companies that need fresh, and I hate to say it this way, fresh organs for transplantation. Um, not everything that, not not every customer of Planned Parenthood and Stem Express, uh, to be to be specific, needs. Organs that are that are only declared clinically dead from from people that are declared clinically dead, um, but for the purposes that we talked about for transplantation, for trying to grow organs in lab right. animals, they need those organs um, not from dead bodies. That's correct. Right. That is correct. 
Um, for for other purposes, it's okay. You know, it's it's not. I mean, I mean to say it's okay. It is acceptable for other companies and other laboratories and other customers of STEM Express to to have to obtain organs and body parts of dead fetuses that that have been killed in abortion already dead. But for the prep purposes that we talked about from the the, the company Gamogen specifically, they needed right. that what they need are organs that are no different than a person who is who would be donating their organs at the time of death in a hospital right. or in hospice care. Um, what happens in regular organ donation is the person has to be declared clinically dead, um, and then they can take the organs. That person cannot be. Um, have died a couple of hours prior. Right. They need that organ um, just immediately to be transported and then transplanted. Um, and if, so, with a with a with a baby that has been aborted, that's no different. But Leticia, as you was explaining that right there, here's what just caught just came to me. And folks, listen to this. That baby, as Letitia just so succinctly put, and she put it very clearly, some companies do need the organs of babies that are still functioning organs. Now, Letitia, as you were saying that, this is the vi- the vivid picture that just came to my mind, and and I'm gonna make an accusation. Planned Parenthood delivered delivered viable babies, and then they harvested their organs. Those babies were not aborted. Those babies were not aborted. And here's the reason why I can say that. Because for those babies to, for their organs to be intact, the baby has to be fully intact before they can harvest their organs. That is why the video of the baby's brain skull being cut open and the the worker said, is his heart still beating as they was harvesting the brain? That baby, that was a full-size baby, folks. That baby was not cut in two. That's what you have to understand. That's what Planned Parenthood is doing. And for those of you who support it, and for a president to be silent on it while calling themselves calling for gun control in Virginia, but he don't have enough guts to speak about the systematic murder of viable babies, that'll tell you right there what we have in the Oval Office, and we have a coward. Oh, well, that's assuming that he cares. This is assuming that he cares. And now we have a huge – I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit uh, with the Sorry. stories that are that we're going to talk about. Just uh, see the huge discrepancy between the way the, the president handled Kate Steinle's murder 
Dylan right. Roof murders of the of the people at the uh, at the church, the church shooting, and right. yesterday's was it yesterday's or the day before's shooting by a former reporter, a black man was, who shot I his who was, shot his coworkers. Yeah, I think it was yesterday morning. Yeah, Vester Flanagan. Uh, it wasn't yesterday. I think it was earlier than that. But we were. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And you know, if you're gonna ask me if I think he cares, I do not think he cares. Um, I'm right. gonna back that up. But we're gonna talk about that. Um, after we we finish this segment about Planned Parenthood, and the important thing to that I wanna that I want people to understand from this whole Planned Parenthood because we're not done yet. Oh no, we're not done yet. Uh, the, there's there's more videos to come. But what we have going on here is that we have lots of people who are expressing concern about Planned Parenthood, and we are gaining, the pro-life position is gaining on the public's uh, point, public in the public view, because there are some things that are just so gruesome that you can't ignore and that there are moral lines that are just so badly crossed so awful that nobody can ignore and this is what i this is what i want to juxtapose that with so i went to the the protest here in st louis awesome turnout at least one child was saved that day that I know of because this is the only one that we uh, we have publicized. <clears throat> I also, because I am your True Life Friday's host and I am a consistent individual, the following day, on a very sunny day, uh, about two to 300 people showed up, and I was one, to the Jemila Borden March for her memorial. Now, if you don't remember who Jemila Borden is, she the nine-year-old young lady. Yeah, she was the nine-year-old little girl who was killed in her own home by a stray bullet that was fired by a man. Dry, his motive is not yet known, but he was driving by the house and shot into the house. The mother was hit. She the girl little girl died. Now earlier on people criticized the Black Lives Matter movement and rightly so criticized them for not saying a single word about her death. And I think what helped what helped fix that just a little bit was that Jamila Borden was killed in the same neighborhood as Michael Brown. And wait, on what? the mar- march, wait, wait, what? She was killed in 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 the same general neighborhood. They 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 lived in St. Louis. They lived in North City. Oh wow! Which is not far from Ferguson. <laughs> So wow. what we so this the march started let me start again. The march started <laughs> on Sunday afternoon on a street corner that 
was that they planned it this way, that when we walked down the street toward Jamila's uh, elementary school, where she went to school, that's where we ended up, at her elementary school, we would walk past the the place where Mike Brown died. And there is a there's a there's a street memorial. There's actually two street memorials uh, for Mike Brown. We took a moment of silence for his death, and I I have no problem with that. Yes, a man died. Should we should we respect the fact that he died? Absolutely. Should we respect the fact that he died in such an awful way? Yes, we should. And I feel sorry for the the people that attended that didn't think hard enough to understand. And I understand their grief and I understand their anger and I share that. I share that. But what I hope they understood and I did not see was that there's a huge, huge gulf of difference between the way Jamila Borden died and the way Mike Brown died. Huge. Right. Do I need to spell it out for you? Do I need to spell it out for you, America? A nine-year-old little girl who was doing homework in her own home versus a grown man getting into a physical altercation with a police officer where witnesses say he was threatening the officer, went for his gun. huge difference and the black lives matter started because of the because of Mike Brown and there was only one sign that said black lives matter at Jamila Borden's march sure there were people crying out no justice no peace and i hope they directed it toward the right persons that you will never have peace and you will never have justice if you don't look at everybody equally. First of all, if black lives matter, everybody's lives matter. Young lives matter, old lives matter. So I went there, and there were, I would say, about two to 300 people. The difference between Saturday and Sunday the protest Saturday and the march on Sunday was that on Saturday, one of the differences I saw is that on Saturday people were working very hard to pray and to protest and to save lives and there was not a single news camera or truck or reporter anywhere to be found. Not a single one. Let me tell you that in plainer language, zero You know how much that is? How many that is? None. No media whatsoever in front of the Planned Parenthood with 700 people coming and going throughout the whole time in the morning. And Sunday, where I could hardly even see the family of Jamila Borden, even though I caught a glimpse of them walking up and walking around, all the stuff, but when we were finally gathered at her her school, there were about 20 
people with cameras, video recorders, everything between me and the people who were speaking. The 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 media had a front row to everything. And we couldn't see past them. I couldn't. There are cameras everywhere. Fox 2 News was there. Channel 4, Channel 5. Probably the St. Louis American. And even a lady running media from a wheelchair. What did I get on Saturday? I got an irate man pushing his child in a stroller, running his child's stroller over my feet, complaining that there were too many people on the sidewalk. Notice the difference in emphasis. This is what the media wants. You realize the media determines what is important on television? Oh, yeah, you know that. But they're not just determining what's important on television. They want to determine what is important so that things like a 700-person attended Planned Parenthood protest doesn't get a single person at all to come report on becomes nothing. And and a so-called Black Lives Matter protest in the name of Jamila Borden which only there was one sign that I saw that said Black Lives Matter <laughs> there, gets oodles of attention. There was one person, one solitary individual, on Sunday holding up a Black Lives Matter sign. I'm pretty sure that sign got at least 100 photos taken of it. Pretty sure. Given that's that's like five pictures each for everybody who had a camera there. It's not unreasonable. And yet the people who are trying to talk about Black Lives Matter, they're not talking about it to other black people. They're trying to send the message to the world that black lives matter. Right. But who killed Jamila Borden? Police arrested a man. He happens to be black. I did get a a very good semi-discussion. I asked more questions, uh, which is good. It's good of me. Uh, Of a man who had a very unique sign there. I wish I had gotten a picture, but uh, we were busy walking. And my phone was about to die. So I didn't get a picture. But he had a unique sign. It wasn't a Black Lives Matter sign. It was a sign and it said something very, very provocative. We were at a march, but his sign said, stop marching and take action. And he was one of the very beginning protesters for uh, after Mike Brown was d- dead, had died. Um and he started talking about his his journey through this 
And he says, we've been marching, we've been doing all these things, yet it doesn't stop anyone from being killed. certainly didn't stop Jamila Borden from getting killed. So the, bigger, the problem is bigger than what marching can solve. And I, you know, I applaud that man. I applaud him. And so I asked him more questions, you know, what, is, what needs to be done? And he says, black, the black community needs to start being more vigilant and stop thinking that we can't do anything wrong to ourselves. I mean, everybody knows. Everybody knows. This is, I, you know, don't call me a racist because this is just a statistic. Everybody knows that most of the crime that happens against black people in America are perpetuated by other black people. Yep, that is. And people are starting to wake up and notice that if you're going to accuse white people of racism and harming black folks and shooting them, you better wake up to the fact and admit that it's happening at three times the rate within the black community. If black lives matter, then black lives matter should matter to other black lives. True. That's very true. Keep going. I just watched a video um, of a young man. Now, I can't play it because I didn't have time to record it and take out all the profanity. But he has come to this enlightened, and I'm, I'm being facetious, because it's just normal common sense position that we're, re- that we're talking about. We cannot accuse other people that don't look like us of racism when we say the same thing about them. And I say this as a non-black, non-white person. I will tell you, for one, the race problem isn't a problem with between blacks and whites only. You, if you ever listen to to Asian people talk amongst themselves, <laughs> you would say we are so racist, and I would say you are absolutely correct. So this is not new. I think this is a human problem. But that's that's beside the point. It is a human problem. But I'm thinking. But my point is that I think, and I really hope, and I really pray, that at least the black community is starting to wake up and saying we can't go around pointing fingers at white police officers only. At the very least, not only. And getting to getting to and that it brings us to the the what we were what brought we brought up earlier, which is the way that these mass shootings have been talked about right so when Vester Flanagan Vester wait, Flanagan wait, wait, wait. is the latest wait wait Vester yeah. Flanagan, you mean. You mean the black gay racist dude, that Vester Flanagan? Yeah, you you haven't convinced everybody that blacks can be racist, so I, I guess he's not racist. 
<laughs> oh, you you mean you mean the same guy that said bring on the bleeping race war in in his seven page cryptic suicide note that where he stated that it was retaliation for uh Charleston, never mind the fact that the folks in Charleston forgave Dylan Roth. Dylan Roth had his day in court. See, mm-hmm. here's the difference. Dylan Roth, he knows he's a racist. Now people, and I may be jumping ahead, so shut me up if I am, but people are making Vester Flanagan, and that's the stupidest name, by the way. I'm sorry, but that's just (laughs) stupid. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) They're making him out to be the, they're making him out to be the victim. And now, yeah. I mean, Letitia, this thing has gone so it's gone so far wacko that now you have my own face. Certain ones of my Facebook friends are saying that it was fake. That you know, I'm like, oh my! I mean, this is what happened. What's fake? The murders. <laughs> that it didn't really happen. Wow. That I mean, it's 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 been, and I watched the video, and there was blood splattered on the ground because I saw when the when it first when the feed from the news station, not from his vantage point, but from the news feed, there was blood on the ground. So, I mean, I sometimes it's why I keep libertarians at a kind of at an arm's length because when they get on something everything is fake the government conspiracy some of these a lot of these things are real so you know it is what it is but go ahead I'm sorry that that tracks well from what we're talking about and there's a huge divide again there's a huge divide that we can see. Just like we talked with Jamila Borden and Mike Brown, there's a huge divide between these two persons. There's a huge divide between how Vester Flanagan is being treated in the media and Dylan Roof was being was treated in the media. Now, the thing is with Vester Flanagan, he his little seven page manifesto not only called for a race war, just like Dylan Roof, but he decided he modeled his behavior and he lauded the Virginia Tech shooter. Right. And the Virginia Tech shooter was a mentally disturbed individual, just like well, just like all the other mass shooters. <laughs> mentally disturbed, not fit for having a well a weapon. And that's a, that's another thing that we need to talk about, but not not mentally stable, incapable of making rational decisions, and the media decides to, to go after Dylan Roof as a racist. His motives were, were shaped by racism and by love of guns and all this stuff. Investor Flanagan, he was described as a little off-kilter, oh, a, a little bizarre. Really? Wow, that's like almost as descriptive as saying slightly irrational. 
Whereas we know that the Virginia Tech shooter was blame was was just flamingly insane. Off his meds insane. So was um James Holmes. Off his meds insane. To be, you know, wrapped in a what uh, one of those straitjackets to be that insane like that, but you are not all there mentally. You are not there at all. And that's what all of these individuals, Vester Flanagan, Dylan Roof, James Holm, uh, what was the name? I can't I can't say the name of the Virginia Tech shooter off the top of my head, but that is, well, is what all these individuals suffer from. Huge mental Hold on for a minute. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it the Virginia Tech shooter agent? Yes. I thought Vester Flanagan, well, oh, he must only be racist against white people. Gotcha. Well, hmm. remember, Asians don't count. <laughs> right. We don't count for right. anything. We don't even That's think right. Uh, so, I'm oh, sorry. Well, oh, I'm sorry. It's not seven pages. Twenty-three pages. Wait, uh, Dylan. Uh, yes. Twenty-three. Vester Flanagan's twenty-three page manifesto, and he sent oh it to ABC that... offices, explaining that he was killing his white coworkers to get even with the murders of African Americans in Charleston. And that he wanted to start a race war. Well, you know what? If he had lived to see the day because Vester Flanagan had the enough presence of mind to kill himself, uh, he is dead, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. he's dead. The best thing, the best show in the world, in a sick, sick world that we live in, would be to put these two individuals together and have their little race war. If you right. want to speak on Dylan Roof, I say we we should have let him. But anyway, some people will say, no, 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 that's so immoral. You know, maybe for five minutes. Um, so, so now we come out here, and and the problem, see, the problem with Dylan Roof was that he was a flaming racist, not that he had a gun. But here we have... Vester Flanagan, and his main problem is not that he was a racist, but that he had a gun. <laughs> As that, it, hold, hold, hold up. Letitia, I just caught what you just said. I just caught that. So, and let me reiterate and make sure I actually caught what you just said. Uh-huh. Dylan Roth's problem was that he was racist. Vester Flanagan's problem wasn't that he was a racist individual, was that the gun made him become racist. He was racist <laughs> because the gun told him to go shoot his coworkers. Well, that in the liberal world was his main problem. The main problem right. was he had a gun, not that he was a flaming racist. Um, so apparently, 
there is a double standard, and that is why you hear the president acting so double standardish when it comes to these two situations, and also with the murder of Kate Steinle. Apparently, the gun is to be blamed when the killer is not white. Right, right. It's the gun's fault if you happen to be not white. If you're white, then obviously your problem is you're a racist. You know, but what I don't really understand, and maybe is just the stupidity of white liberals, how can they put up with Obama's blatant racism towards white people when they white themselves? But, you know, like I said, maybe it's the blatant stupidity of white liberals. And, yeah, I'm playing the race card, and I'm going to be real, because at some point in time, and I'm going to use scripture to back up what I'm about to say, and it says the truth shall set you free, let's call out racism, but let's put it right back squarely where it belongs on those racist white and black liberals where it belongs. Because I'm sick and tired of having friends of mine and me myself being referred to as an Uncle Tom and all these other things because I dare to think for myself because I make it my business to know what's going on in this world. Mm -hmm. But see, here's the thing, though. I don't have to get, like, get nasty and vicious like I I posted on, um, I shared a tweet from a black liberal who said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, oh, a couple white people were murdered today. It's it's a, the world's a better place because two white people got murdered. And that was his tweet. And so I posted, you know, mm. an individual like this, I wouldn't mind pounding relentlessly. And then I went on to say, I said, you know, people talk about having compassion, but I said, you know what? I don't I don't suck up to evil. I try to destroy it. And I said, this, uh, I forget exactly how I put it, but I said, this sick, twisted, and demented individual is evil. And I called him for what he for what it is, because I will no longer let people who's supposed to represent my community get away with that kind of garbage. Well, I never have anyway, but anyway, mm-hmm. but I'm a but I'm a challenge it. Right, because what if a white person would have said the same thing about black people? What if right. we took the exactly. two black people that we talk about today? Buster Flanagan is now dead. Jamila Borden is now dead. And said, oh, you know, the world is a better place today because they're dead. That would be, right. an, the media would just go ape. Oh, yeah. They, they would be, they would be brutally honest. I mean, they Absolutely. would be calling for calling for the race wars and all kinds of garbage. But see, here's the issue, Letitia. No more double standards. Exactly. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And I will always stand on the 
side of righteousness before I ever stand on the side of race. Exactly, and that is why we are... Here's the thing, at the end of the day, my blackness is not going to get me into heaven. It's my relationship with Jesus Christ that's going to get me into heaven. And that's what the community in all communities, but specifically the most religious per capita community in this nation, we better get real with our relationship with Jesus Christ because many of the saints sitting in the church that we thought was going to get there aren't, and many that we didn't think would get there. You know that young girl we gossiping about because she's out smoking, drinking, doing whatever, and then she may be the one that gets gets her life right at the end of end of the you know, at the end of the day and she makes it into heaven. That's why the it's very clear we should never judge a book by its cover. But we mm-hmm. do know this by their fruit. Right. Right. So. And still, we can say we can say we can give kisses and flowers and hugs and loves to everybody, which is what we do here. We do. We love right. everybody. We tell the truth about everybody, but we love them the same. And still, you know, because we're pro-life, this is what we get. This is what we get. Extreme views about women. We expect that from some of the terrorist groups. Right. We expect that from people who don't want to live in the modern world. But it's a little hard to take coming from Republicans who want to be the president of the United States, yet they espouse out-of-date and out-of-touch policies. They are dead wrong for 21st century America. We're going forward. We're not going back. Now, the irony is that of what... Hillary Clinton says is all her all her policies are not going forward. They they are going backwards. They're backwards in time to a, a, a socialist Soviet republic is what they're going backwards to. Right. And right. the people that are standing in her way are are pro-life Republicans. And that is what they do. It is what she has always done, is accuse people of being backwards when actually the pro-life, pro-people movement has been never been so progressive. We are we have moved people forward into greater humanity and respect for life when she is trying to move people backwards in time. The right. time where twenty million people can be mass slaughtered, and that's okay. Forward. Right. So I, you know, it doesn't really matter when we stand on the side of life and say, yes, Michael Brown should not be dead, but that he is dead is not the fault of the police officer. Jamila Gordon is dead, and the person at fault was the one pulling the trigger. She did not cause her own death. Mike Brown did cause his own death. Vester Flanagan caused the death of two people. Dylan Roof caused the death of what, six? Nine. Nine. Excuse me. Nine. 
And we yep, can tell were. the difference as pro-life individuals. We can tell the difference between innocence and non-innocence. Right. We don't want anybody to die. I don't want anybody to die, but I don't think that that makes us that that causes me to ignore the circumstances. Right. Uh, before we, um, so that you know that was that was Hillary Hillary on her her one of her few campaign speeches. I you know what I hope she continues pounding that because the more she says it the more ridiculous it sounds especially as the videos from Planned Parenthood keep rolling out the videos from STEM Express keep rolling out this, the woman who got the Margaret Sanger award from Planned Parenthood right coming to their defense when the whole country is realizing what kind of abuses they do and what and that abortion really isn't that awesome thing that she talks about it as and when you buck the abortion trend like a couple that I read about just last week um this this couple had sent a note on Facebook to abortion-minded women that they are willing to adopt any woman's baby who who would agree not to abort, but to give their baby to them for adoption. They would adopt any baby. Oh my gosh. The 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 response was incredible. Let me read to you. Um. Do I have that up here somewhere? Let me read to you a couple of the responses. All right. Because you would think that people who are pro-choice would be, yes, I'm for choice. I am for a woman to give up her baby for adoption, if that's what she so chooses. I am for saving baby from a, babies from abortion when they're people who would adopt them. Isn't that what even... You had posted somebody who wrote a blog post saying, you know, if we're so pro-life, we should be ready to adopt children. We should be able, we should be ready to pay for their, their lives and to take care of them and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what does a woman, what, what does a couple like this receive in response on Facebook? They are called, um, guilting women. They are called Leave This Baby, Leave This Mother and Her Baby Alone. Think about the language there. Uh, Don't, I won't be the one to gestate your validation trophy. I'll have an abortion when when my IUD fails. There are thousands of other kids waiting to be adopted. Go adopt them first. Um... Then we can talk about forcing women to gestate so that selfish bleeps can have a newborn. Uh, you are not entitled to any woman's newborn. One, uh, go ahead and adopt kids um, with Down syndrome instead of a shiny pink newborn. 
I, I'm sorry. Uh, an infant? So, so suddenly the baby that is going to be aborted is not a baby. He's a fetus. And he's not just a fetus. He's a blob of tissues. Um, but when a couple offers to adopt a child from a mother who wants to abort, um, that woman is suddenly Madonna and child. <laughs> Ironically enough. Interesting how the language changes when people actually flout the abortion language. Super wonderful of these pro-choice individuals to pound the pavement for only one choice, which is not a choice if you only have one, and that is abortion. Super hypocritical, if you ask me. Super hypocritical. Leticia, let's, let's make sure we get it right. A choice absent of any other option isn't a choice. That's a mandate. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so they're not pro-choice. Let's call them what they really are. They're pro-abortion mandates. Yep. Because, and this is, and this is an angle where we need to start we we need to start calling them on it and we need to ask them uh what other what other choice do you advocate for besides abortion and make them stutter and stammer and then when and then when we when they say well adoption and blah 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 that's when we hammer them with like reading some of the posts that i mean Letitia, really, it's time that we—it's time that we turn up, we turn up the fire, turn up the heat, turn up the fire, and just come unloaded on them because mm. we have enough ammunition now to blast them with the truth and what it, what it, what it's time to do. Yes, Jesus called the religious folks in the Bible. He referred to them as brood of vipers. And these folks who support abortion, they're the they the religious folks of the abortion industry. So the way you deal with the viper, you cut off its head. So we got to get to the root because at the end of the day, we have the truth, we have the message, and we need to we need to exterminate the snake. I, I couldn't agree more, and and we do that by exposing the truth, laying exactly. it bare for the public to see. This is what this is actually is, and so I'm you know thank you for the segue. We're going to move on to the next um, story, which is the eighth Center for Medical Progress clip video clip from a STEM Express employee talking about uh, the famous section about uh, how how they deliver neural tissue, which is what she calls it. It's actually, we're talking brains of aborted babies and how that's, pro- how that's easily done, how that they do this. And so this, is, this clip is 30 second, 37 seconds long. I'm going to play a longer clip for you uh, for emphasis of what this actually means. 
And but listen to this clip first. This is the STEM Express employee. One of the issues with neural tissue, it's so fragile. It's insanely right. fragile. Right. And um, you know I don't even know. Whenever you're ready, no oh, Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you guys. Uh, I was gonna say is that um I, I, I know we get requests for it's the hardest thing in the world to ship. Um, you do it with the whole Calvarium. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's the easiest way. And I mean I, we we've actually had good success with that in the yeah. past. So, um, like, make sure the eyes are closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the lab it's coming. Yeah. Then I'll open the box. Yeah, oh, I know. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in case anybody still doesn't know what calvarium means, it means the head. It means an, an entire head. Um, so you have one. I have one. Hopefully everybody has one. And so do babies that have been aborted. So what this woman is talking about is when they need to ship neural tissue, which is another word for brains, to a lab that wants it. They have to ship it within the head of the baby. So the whole head gets shipped in a box to the laboratory that wants it. Now, have you seen the movie Seven? Uh, bits and pieces. If you have not seen the movie Seven, this 37-second clip that I just played for you is a good shortened substitute for this minute 17 clip I'm going to play for you, except that this real portion of the movie actually tells you the truth that the STEM, STEM Express employee does not. Her pretty head. What's this talking about? Give me your gun. What's going on over there? Put the, put the gun I'll down. I'll show you with the box. Who's in the box? Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, David. It seems that envy is my sin. No, what's in the box? Not you give me the What's gun. in the Give me the gun. He just told you. You lie! You're a liar! Shut up! What he wants? He wants? He wants you to shoot him? No! No! You tell me. You tell me. That's not true. That's not true. Become vengeance, David. Ah, oh, she's all right. You tell me. Become wrath. Tell me she's all right. You made her a suspect, David. No! Just threw it all away. You know. No! She begged for her life, Detective. Shut up! She begged for her life. Shut up! And for the life of the baby inside of her. Shut up! gets it. And I hope America is reminded of this movie from this eighth video from Center for Medical Progress. Shipping heads in boxes is a regular mobster theme. It's a terrorist theme, Hillary Clinton. Yep. It's 
it's what America and normal people, moral people, reject. But yet we are doing it. We are allowing this to be done here in America. For reals. For realsies. By Planned Parenthood and their business associates like STEM Express. Shipping heads in boxes. of the most innocent Americans around. But what we, what it would tempt a man to murder another man for in retaliation, we laugh off and we debate over policy about whether or not Planned Parenthood has done anything criminal. Really? Heads in boxes don't tip you off that something criminal has happened? Right. I am so ashamed that at least two of our Republican candidates for president accept abortion as the law of the land. And I'm talking about you, John Kasich. And I'm also talking about who is it? Jeb Bush? Yep. Jeb Bush doesn't hasn't made up his mind which side of the fence he's going to 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 stand on on this. Um maybe he still has room to evolve in the right direction and not devolve like many others have. But we cannot stomach and it's not an ew 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 situation. We cannot morally stomach abortion being the law of the land any longer because it leads to heads in boxes. It leads to heads in boxes. I hope and I pray that our presidential candidates understand the connection. You cannot drive a train down a singular set of tracks thinking that somehow, some magic, in some other ways, that they don't lead to the ovens down at the end. It doesn't lead to Auschwitz at the end of the tracks. You cannot send a train down those tracks and not expect it to end where it does. That's what is happening here. You can't expect abortion to be legal and not expect an entity like Planned Parenthood to make money off of the product that they sell. Right. Because after all, human lives and human bodies are worth something after all. But um, I hope I, that that's the end of what I have in terms of talking about this this day today. I hope people understand that we are living this terrible movie. We are living the plot of seven at the very end when we tolerate heads in boxes being shipped around the country. 
On the bright side, yeah. though, if Black Lives Matter, Al Sharpton's just started mattering a little less. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, ah, that's boing. <laughs> so bad for him. Oh, I'm crying. I'm crying, Al. Racism. 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 That's right. Racism. And because of racism, his daily evening show is now being cut to once a week on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to do that. (laughs) Oh, all right. Um, Do you want to do our stupidest thing ever? You want you want time to do that? Might as well. All right, we'll do our. Hey, this is not first class. The stupidest thing ever that I could find today was this little girl went to school with her Wonder Woman lunchbox. And I, let me tell you, the temptation to envy her is great for me. Huge. Because I like this lunchbox. She was sent home from school because her lunch co- lunchbox featuring a Wonder Woman character was deemed too violent for the classroom. Now, this is Wonder Woman not of today. This is the Wonder Woman of the 1970s. So, you know, a little skimpy, I should tell you. But, you know... Very innocent, nevertheless. The picture, along with a letter addressed to the girl's parents, uh, they posted on social networking, on Reddit, and uh, the letter reads, if I can get my page to scroll, and my page won't scroll. Hello, scrolly. No scrolling. Well, anyway, um, the box says, as as lovely as Aphrodite, as mighty as a warrior, something like that. And somehow the the school thought it was violent imagery. Now, there is no violence depicted on this lunchbox whatsoever. It's just a picture of Wonder Woman. And <laughs> somehow that uh, set off a trigger at the school, and they sent the child's lunchbox home and told her not to bring it back ever again because it's so violent. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the devolution of society and the stupidest thing ever. That was very stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I would have, I would, I would love to have a Wonder Woman lunchbox. I would love that. And I wouldn't be like, oh, yes, that's so violent. Wow. That is crazy. Okay, okay, I got it up. I got it up. Um, The letter says, we noticed that your daughter has a Wonder Woman lunchbox that features a superhero image. In keeping with the dress code of the school, we must, must ask that she not bring this to school. Now, the dress code, you might say, oh, okay, so, you know, Wonder Woman is not dressed according to normal dress standards, and you think that might be the problem. But no, the letter goes on to say, the dress code we have established requests that the children not bring violent images into the building in any fashion, on their clothing, 
including socks and shoes, backpacks, and lunches, lunch boxes. We have defined violent characters as those who solve problems using violence. Superheroes certainly fall into that category. Please refer to the dress code section of the school handbook. Your cooperation with our dress code will be appreciated. Well, you know what? The next time a Category 4 hurricane slams into New Orleans, we won't ask for any superheroes to emerge because they are so violent. Please, nobody say anything. If you didn't get that reference, that was uh, that was the SNL reference to uh, to to the desire for the the FEMA the FEMA regulators to to come in and save everybody over and above Pres- President Bush's uh, deferring of the situation to the mayor and not to the mayor the governor of Louisiana. He um, was supposed to. Yeah, that's, he did exactly what he was supposed to. And the, so the SNL skit was they were sitting all around and saying, oh, what did you want, a superhero to come come in and swoop down like a superhero and save everybody? And they all, yes, yes, that's what we wanted. And, which is, you know, that that was a bit of satire. I thought it was pretty cool. So uh, no more superheroes because superheroes are so very violent. Right. Okay, so that does it for True Life Fridays Radio today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Again, next week we are going to have so much more uh, in line for you. Please come back, learn with us, dialogue with us, call us if you need to. We'll be happy to talk to you. Until then, please uh, keep your pro-life ideas out in the open. We are winning this argument. Don't be ashamed of them. You are not alone. So I will talk to you later. I will talk to you later, Thomas. Thank you for being there for me. You are awesome. Yep. You rock. You do too. Good night. Good night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.